Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslender. This message is from the series Jesus in the Gospel of Luke and was preached on September 18th, 2022. I want to start my message this morning with a little bit of a personal remark, and then I'm going to take that into the Word. So here's the personal mark that I want to start with. Many of you know that I was diagnosed with cancer this week. Fortunately, it's a common and treatable form of prostate cancer that we caught pretty early. And I will be meeting with the doctors over the next few weeks to plan the necessary treatment. But even though in my case it's relatively minor, um, you know that C word is just a little bit scary because no one is immune. Sometimes there are obvious outward signs of cancer. Sometimes there are no outward signs of cancer, and it just works silently from the inside. But what I want to talk to you about today is a different scary word, a soul cancer that works in the hearts and the lives of believers. So instead of the C word, I want to focus today on the H word, hypocrisy. It is as destructive to believers and churches as cancer is to the body. At times, hypocrisy has outward signs that everybody can see. At times, hypocrisy works silently from the inside. If you have it, and none of us are immune, you need a treatment plan. And I want to help you with that today. In today's passage, Jesus talks to us about hypocrisy. His words should scare us, because hypocrisy is a problem of the highly religious. In Jesus' day, that was the Pharisees. In today's world, that's the problem of believers like Baptists, Protestants, Evangelicals, Pentecostals. It hits the highly religious. And it's important that we talk about it, even though it isn't much fun. So as we read this, here's what I want you to, to, to do with today's message. I want you to think of it as a biopsy of the soul. Do I have hypocrisy? And if I do, how do I treat it? Now, in today's passages, we're going to see Jesus had strongly condemned the Jews for their unbelief. And at the end of that, a leading Jew, a Pharisee, invited Jesus to come and eat with him. His motives possibly could have been good, but most likely we can see from the context that he wanted Jesus to come to his house because he was looking for ammunition to use against Jesus. And Jesus willingly gave him some ammunition by bypassing the traditional Jewish hand-washing ceremony that they would participate in before a meal. And that surprised the Pharisees and then ultimately angered them. And when Jesus pointed out their hypocrisy, they grew mad. Now, I hope you don't get mad at me today because we are going to talk about hypocrisy. And talking about it makes us uncomfortable. And if someone calls us 
a hypocrite, as Jesus did to the Pharisees, we also get angry. But it's important that we diagnose it and know if we're hypocrites so we can treat it. So we're going to read Luke chapter 11, verses 37 through 54. A very strong, almost in-your-face kind of message from Jesus. Let's stand together as we read this. Luke chapter 11, and it begins with verse 37. And here's how it reads. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now, as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Woe to you Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs. But you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Woe to you Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, because you are like unmarked graves which people walk over without knowing it. One of the experts in the law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us also. Jesus replied, and you experts in the law, woe to you, because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Woe to you, because you build tombs for the prophets, and it was your ancestors who killed them. So you testify that you approve of what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets, and you build their tombs. Because of this, God in his wisdom said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill, and others they will persecute. Therefore, this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that has been shed since the beginning of the world, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible for it all. Woe to you experts in the law, because you have taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those who were entering. When Jesus went outside, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely and to besiege him with questions, waiting to catch him in something he might say. You may be seated. As you can tell, this is very much a in-your-face kind of message I, I want to show you something. I'm not going to participate in your hand-washing ceremony. And I'm going to do that because I want to point out to you that you are hypocrites. You have the ceremonies and you have the customs and you have the traditions down pat. You've got those perfect, but your hearts are far from me. Now, I don't think Jesus was putting down Jewish customs. Jewish customs and ceremonies could be very meaningful if they are done with the right heart. But the Jews took love of God and love of people out of the equation. And they reduced their faith to nothing more than do this ceremony, say this thing, go here, wear this, and you're good. 
And Jesus said, there's much more faith than what you do on the outside. I want to show you a hand-washing ceremony. This one is a contemporary one that was done in a messianic fellowship. You'll note that just like things we do, it could be done with great meaning and power, but it also could be nothing more than just a custom. Stand in line, wash your hands the approved way, and go on. Let's watch. So I'm going to take the cup. I start with my left hand. I'm going to get some water in it. And then I'm going to stand before everyone. There's, there's a line of people that will be in line that you'll assemble together and you'll have a person with a hand towel so that you can uh, wash or uh, dry your hands uh, immediately following this uh, ceremony. So I lift up the cup, put my left hand over the bowl and I recite, I dedicate my hands to the Messiah. Pour over the wrist and down over the fingers. Then I turn my hand over. I recite the next part, the hope of glory. And I take and hold it on the inside handle, closest to my right hand. I recite the next part, to serve him only. Over the wrist, down over the fingers, turn my hand over, and him only. Then I would set that down. I would move to this side and, and meet the person on the other side of the table who has the towel. And at that point, I would dry my hands and the next person in line would come through. So there's nothing inherently hypocritical about the ceremony itself. That's similar to what Jesus and the Pharisees did. But Jesus wanting to point out their hypocrisy. You've got the ceremonies down, but nothing else. Bypassed the line altogether. Went directly to the table and the Pharisees were surprised and insulted and angry. So I want you to understand why Jesus did this. And I want you to know about the hypocrisy of the Pharisees because we are prone to it as well. And so Jesus taught several things that you and I need to know about hypocrisy. And the first thing he taught is this. Talking about us, he said, the inside is more important than the outside. He said, you Pharisees, you clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You look like God's people. You look holy. You look great. You say the right prayers. You carry the right scrolls. You attend the right events. You participate in the right ceremonies. You wear everything correctly. And for Pharisees, they had a whole costume that they wore. You shine on the outside, but you stink on the inside. I uh, like to go camping. And one time after a camping trip, unloading and putting things up, I took a cooler out of the vehicle and I just left it in the garage forgetting that I had leftover food in there. It just stayed there for weeks and weeks. Looked good. Garage was clean, all in the right place. And months later, 
when I was ready to use it and opened it up, I about fell over and almost got sick. Clean on the outside. It stank on the inside. And Jesus said to the Pharisees, that's what you're like. You look holy, but you're not. So listen, like the Pharisees, we have our own ceremonies. We bow and remove hats during prayer. We carry and read our Bibles. We go to Sunday worship and classes. We participate in communion and baptisms and Christmas and Easter services. We stand for the national anthem, for the hallelujah chorus, and the reading of the Bible. It can all be good if our hearts are right, or it can be nothing more than just a meaningless custom. So how do you know if you're dirty on the inside? How do you know if you're a hypocrite? <clears throat> I want to tell you, Jesus here just gave one test. One test. This is not what you normally hear in church, which is why I tell you all the time, we look to, need to look seriously what Jesus actually said. Jesus told the Pharisees, you all are clean on the outside, but what about the inside? Here's what he said. As for you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. You're already good on the outside. You look holy. You go to synagogue. You do all that it says you're supposed to do on the outside. But on the inside, if you really are my people, you will love the people that I love and you will be generous to the poor. So grade yourself on the scale of Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. How generous are you with the poor? If you love God. You will love the people God created, and many of them are poor. Tonight, 700 million people on earth will go to bed without having received the necessary calories for health. 700 million people. Half a million people in this country alone are homeless. We are surrounded by poor children, poor widows, and others on the fringe. And this is Jesus' question for you and for me and for us. Have you helped them this week? Because that's the Jesus test and the only test he gave us here. That's the Jesus test for hypocrisy. Did you pass? Were you generous with the poor? Did you help people? Because I know you're religious, you're in church. But that's the outside thing. Jesus said what's important is the inside thing. Now, listen, I know all the excuses <coughs> why we don't help people. Well, I don't have much. Listen, I want to tell you something. Here's a real test. If you have a cell phone, you are in the richest half of people on earth. You have enough to help others. I hear this sometime. 
Well, that's not my issue. Listen, I'll be honest with you. It is your issue if you're a Jesus follower. Because he said so. I hear this sometimes too. Well, they're not citizens of my country. Listen, God's kingdom is not built on a political map with borders. I hear this. Well, they're not my skin color. Skin color needs nothing. They are made in the image of God. I hear this all the time. Well, you know, it's their problem. They have an entitlement mentality, and it's their fault. Listen, maybe that's true, but they need help. I've had many issues in my life that were my own fault, but God and his people still helped me. Well, the art of our faith. Jesus didn't tell the Jews to be generous to poor Jews told the Jews to help people. And that's the test for hypocrisy. You can come to church, read your Bible, go to conferences, go to concerts, be involved in three and four and five different churches. You can post Christian stuff on social media. You can do everything outwardly that a Christian is supposed to do. But Jesus said, how about your insides? Are you generous to the poor? And that's the test he gave us. The inside is more important than the outside. Now, point two is similar. If you don't want to be a hypocrite, and this is almost just another way of saying the same thing, your love is more important than your rules. Woe to the Pharisees. Now, you got to admit, the Pharisees had this rules thing down. Woe to the Pharisees because you give God a tithe or a tenth of your mint your rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Now, if I didn't know that Jesus said this, I never in all my life, though I practiced tithing, would have figured that I needed to to pick something from my garden and give a tenth of that to God, Jesus said, listen to the Jews, you got this following the rules things down. You're great at rules, that's good, but you need to offer justice and love to all people. Rules are hypocritical if you ignore the spirit and the love and the people behind them. I want to tell you a story from my own ministry about tradition. Because we have every bit as many traditions as the Jews had. We love to pick on them, but we got our own traditions. So there is a tradition, not a Bible command, but a tradition that says you should take off men your hats during a meal. A complainer, and somehow Baptist churches seem to attract complainers. A complainer informed me, this is a previous church, a complainer informed me that it was my job as the pastor, to enforce that rule on certain men who came to our Wednesday night fellowship meal. Now, I knew these men. They were railroaders. They worked in the hot sun with a hat on all day long in Needles, California, one of the few places that might be hotter than Phoenix. And so they sweat like crazy. And they didn't get off until it was about time for the meal. And so they came to church and they told me, I don't want to take my hat off. My hair is wet. It's plastered to my head. I pull it off. It's going to be sticking in every direction. 
someone to leave my hat on during the meal. Now, they were not being disrespectful to God because when it was prayer time, they would wait till everybody else closed their eyes and then they would take their hat off and they would pray and then they would put it back on. So I knew it wasn't a lack of respect. It was just that we look a mess and we would rather keep our hat on because we look better. And so I told the complainer after talking to the men, no, I'm not going to enforce that. I'm just glad that these men, after a full day in the hot sun, wanted to come to fellowship meal and prayer meeting. The complainer told me that I was a wimpy pastor who refused to enforce the rules and he left the church permanently because two men wore hats on a on Wednesday night. I mean, we can make fun of that, but honestly, that is sometimes how we act. Rules are more important than people, and if that's true to us, then we are hypocrites because Jesus said love is more important than your rules. People are more important than rules. Rules, I'm not saying are unimportant, but the heart, the spirit, and the people are far more important than just rules. And sometimes in the church, we love rules more than we love people, and that's a trademark of a hypocrite. Third thing Jesus said is, You need to understand, if you don't want to be a hypocrite, if you don't want to be a hypocrite, then your humility has to be more important than your honor. He said, man, you you Pharisees, you love respect. You love to be recognized as a rabbi, a Bible teacher, when you go into the market. In today's terms, the Pharisees loved respect. They wanted the certificates. They wanted the pats on the back. They wanted public recognition in front of the synagogue. They wanted a chair on the platform. They wanted their name on the wall of honor. They wanted the titles. Hey, listen, if I were a Pharisee, then I'd print up business cards and I would make sure that you called me by this title, the most honorable and right reverend senior pastor, Jack Marslander of Avondale Baptist Church and president of the Arizona Southern Baptist Mission Network. Did you guys get that? Because that's what you need to call me on, on the way out the door. If I want to be a hypocrite. It's all about the titles. If we do what we do because we want honor, then human honor is all we'll ever get. We won't get anything from God. If we do what we do for people rather than for God, we're hypocrites. If we're doing it so Pastor Jack will call out my name in the sermon and say, what a great guy then we're hypocrites because we serve Jesus for Jesus' sake, not for our sake. And so he told the, the, the Pharisees, you're, you're, you're hypocrites. You're doing it for all the wrong reasons. Now, this particular point in his, his uh, talk to the Pharisees, there was an interruption, and I am amazed that someone would have the nerve to interrupt Jesus in the middle of this talk. Because in essence, here's what he said to Jesus. He said, Jesus, are you talking to me? Because I think you're talking to me, and that hurts my feelings. That insults me that you would think that me, an expert in the law, might be a hypocrite. That, that, That cuts me to the core, Jesus. Certainly you weren't talking about me. And Jesus gave an emphatic 
Yes, I'm talking to you. Now, listen, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what, how Jesus is, did his hand motions when he was speaking. But here's how I envision it. When he said, uh, Jesus, are you talking to me? My hunch is Jesus did like, <sighs> am I talking to you? Yes, I'm talking to you, especially to you. Because he made it clear, I'm talking to anyone who is a hypocrite and Pharisees and Bible experts, you are the hypocrites. One of my seminary professors told me this, and I'll always remember this. Okay, it's not a biblical saying, it's not necessarily even a wise saying, but there's some truth to it. He said, just remember, men, when you go into the ministry, if you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one who yelps the loudest is the one who got Yeah, this guy, are you talking to me? He got hit. And so he wanted some justification, and Jesus said there is no justification because he went on to his final point. And his final point was this. You Pharisees, and this is a danger of the church today. You Pharisees, you preach, but you don't help people. Your rules, everything that you tell people to do is incredibly hard, yet you refuse to help them to do it. So all that ends up is you're condemning people. Get off your backsides and help people. Don't just condemn them. Listen, he said, you experts in the law, woe to you. Because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Listen, that's a danger in today's church. Because we often preach about sin with incredible passion, knowing that if I condemn this group or that group in a Baptist church, I'm going to get nothing but amens, hallelujah, preach it, Jesus. We are good at preaching, horrible at actually leaving the pulpit, leaving the church, get involved in the messy lives of people who are frustrated, hurting, don't know the answer, and we would just rather say, no, don't do that, don't go there, you're wrong, you're probably going to hell because you're sinners. Listen, Jesus said, preaching is not enough, you need to get out of the pulpits and into the lives of people, don't just tell them no, show them how. L let me give you an example. Warning, Jesus made them mad. This might make you mad, but we need to hear it. Many believers are ardently anti-abortion. But we do very little to help young ladies and children. I just hear, if you didn't want a baby, you shouldn't have got pregnant. Listen, young women are debating, trying to figure out, what do I do? This isn't easy. I don't know the answer. They need help. They need resources. They need medical care. They could need good maternity benefits, and they need love. And they need people in the church, not just to condemn them, but who will walk with them through a very tough and difficult kind of thing. Why aren't we lobbying as hard for things like free adoption so we can help people and make it easier for people to get out of the foster care system than we are in saying, no, 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 
no, don't do that, you're wrong. We can't just preach, we've got to help. And that takes a lot more work and a lot more energy and a lot more money. But that's what Jesus said you need to do. Because we're good at saying, no, stop it, you're wrong. And we're not so good at saying, let's talk. How can I help you? I'm just going to tell you, you need to keep the baby. I'm going to ask you, how can we help you do that? Because we think that baby is made in the image of God. And it's very special. And we want to help you and we want to help him or her. And that's going to take a lot of resources. How can we help? Jesus told the Pharisees, you're just making it hard on people. People don't need condemnation. They need loving help and truth. And too often, the word from the church stops at no. And we got to get involved in their lives and help them. The work of the church might start in the pulpit, but it's not real until we help people. And so I'm just so thankful for our church because we do a lot of that. The real work of Jesus happens at ABC every Monday when we offer free medical care in our mission of mercy to those who have no insurance. The real work of Jesus happens on first Wednesdays when we give people food without requiring them to fill out any paperwork whatsoever. We helped 108 families this last Wednesday. It happens in the foyers when we hand out brown bag lunches to anybody who's hungry. They don't have to give us their name. They don't have to do anything else. They're hungry. They get a brown bag and we do 40 or 50 people a day. It will happen on Wednesdays, every Wednesday, in our church parking lot beginning on October 12th when we partnered with a group called um, Barbecue Mission every Wednesday. They're going to come into our parking lot, totally set up everything on their own. They're self-contained. They bring in a trailer. They bring in a smoker. They bring in a barbecue grill. They said bring in tables and put on red checkered tablecloths, and they just start handing out things like pulled pork sandwiches with all the fixings to anybody that's hungry without receiving any money. And I love their tagline. Serving Jesus one meal at a time. That's the real work of Jesus. And when they're asked, why do you do this? Like, let's sit down, let's talk about it. We do this because we love God, we love people, we love Jesus, and we want to take the opportunity to do that. We do the real work of the church every Wednesday night when we offer the homeless a place to sleep, a place to shower. And a meal. By the way, the same meal that we have. And we help them in finding jobs and permanent homes. Now, I will tell you honestly, because I've had conversations, many of them are not believers, and some don't want to hear about Jesus. But we love them and help them anyway. Because we want to be like Jesus, who didn't just preach, he was the world's greatest preacher. But he went into the homes where children were dying and he went into communities where people were demon-possessed and he shared food with the hungry. 
He didn't just say no. He said, let me help you. Listen, today I know people, when they're looking for a church, they want strong preaching and quality music. I'm not sure many of them actually want to live it. Hypocrisy. We've got to be careful because it's easy to do the outward things. Come to church, read a Bible, go to class, go to a concert, go to a conference. It's easy to do those things. Serving Jesus, being generous to people, helping them is a messy, tough, challenging, hard job. But that's what we're called to do if we don't want to be hypocrites. So are you a hypocrite? Am I a hypocrite? I want you to diagnose yourself. Take a spiritual biopsy of your insides. And so let me just give you two things to check. Number one, check your love. Are you generous to the poor? in time and money and resources? If yes, then there's a good chance that you're not a hypocrite. You are on the inside the same as you are on the outside. But if it's no, I don't even consider that. I haven't even done that. Then take it as you just got diagnosed and you need to change because that's the one test Jesus gave us. Your outsides are great. Here's how to know about your insides. Are you generous with the poor? I mean, in other verses, we talk about other things, but that's what Jesus said to the Pharisees. So, are you generous to the poor? I mean, we've got lots of ways you can jump into one of our ministries and help people. We've got lots of, 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 of people you can help on a regular basis, but that's the test. So, check your insides. Are you generous to the poor? And then number two, check your love. Do you do more than just preach? Do you do more than just proclaim? Do you do more than just say, this is right and this is wrong? Real followers of Jesus do more than preach. They help people change their lives. They walk through them. They love them. They care about them. And if you don't, need anybody, you don't know anybody that needs help, then you just don't have your eyes open. Because they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And real followers of Jesus jump in to help the poor, to help people coming out of prison, to help people who are lost, to help people of other faiths, to help people whose families are falling apart, to help young women who don't know what to do. Real followers of Jesus jump in and help people. So are you generous? And are you helping people? If you're not doing those things, then you're like my cooler. You look good on the outside, and you stink on the inside. Now, I'm not here to condemn you, because I don't want to end with it, you're a hypocrite. Because all of us have been a little bit of hypocrite at one time or another. I'm saying diagnose yourself so you can allow Jesus to change you. And you can start helping the poor and helping hurting people. Now, I want you to think about that. I want you to pray about that. This has not necessarily been a 
come to Jesus message. This has been a, are you a Jesus follower? Here's how to know if it's real. And I want you to think about that and pray about that. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net. And you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.